Hello, this is Pastor John. Paul writes in the opening of today's text, Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. As you listen into God's word, may the Holy Spirit inspire boldness in you to show forth the face of Christ to everyone. A reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and 4. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face, so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened, for to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit." Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So a question for you. Are Lutheran Christians known for their boldness? Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, if here's some election year trivia. Um, it's interesting that no Lutherans have ever been elected president of the United States of America. We have had several generals in the military, including, including uh, Norman Schwarzkopf. Uh, we've seen a Lutheran serve as the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, William Rehnquist. And as, you know, important governors and senators and congressmen, multiple business leaders and artists and other famous people have been Lutheran, but no presidents. Well, okay, in fact, there was, there has been a Lutheran president. The first president of the United States was Lutheran, but that was under the Articles of Confederation which our current constitution replaced. It was a powerless position. 
um, first held by a fellow named John Hansen, a Lutheran. Well, my point, Lutherans sometimes struggle with boldness. This is uh, rather odd considering how bold Luther was, right? He, he did not back down or shy uh, away from a bit of controversy. In fact, you know, we might sometimes wish that he had. So maybe this, um, since this virtue of boldness is not, it doesn't come innately, we need to work on our boldness. And the question we're asking is, from where does Christian boldness um, come from? Where does the Christian believer get this boldness? Shall we get boldness from, you know, some decision of our own making? Should we uh, seek some public office and the glories which often attend, you know, such uh, boldness? Well, I'm not proposing um, anything so implausible and uncomfortable. <laughs> but today's text from 2 Corinthians 3 is calling for Christian boldness. When Paul writes, we are very bold. And from where does that boldness come from? It comes from and it flows out from the presence of Christ in us. And Paul in another letter, the Galatians, to the Galatians. In chapter 2, verse 20, he writes about this Christ in us, the presence of Christ in us, and that's a game changer. Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the Son of God loved you and he gave himself for you. In fact, Christ lives in you and me. And that changes everything. You know, today is Transfiguration Day. Uh, transfiguration just simply means to, you know, change shape. And on that mountain, uh, he certainly was transfigured. Uh, Peter and James and John saw it, witnessed it. It frightened them, radiated light, and clothes were white. You know, that same Christ, whose glimpse of the light of glory we, we catch on the Mount of Transfiguration, this Christ lives in you and me. And Jesus, the Christ, the shining king of this transfiguration day, has displaced our ego and now occupies the center of our universe. And this Jesus, who lives in our hearts, who's present in us, is, is just kind, is loving, is joyful and serving. And he has transfigured you and me. He, he has transfigured again. In other words, he has changed shape. He himself is found in your face, in your words, in your deeds, and in your life. So as we meditate on God's word and dive deep, 
deeper into this mystery um, and into the text. Let me put um, this theme in a way as, and you're going to hear it again, as a refrain. So here I'm proposing we think of it this way. Our faces have become the faces of Christ. Our words, his words, our deeds, his deeds. And so we are bold, very bold. The key to our boldness, to repeat myself, is the presence of Christ in us. And so Paul draws our attention to three important facts about this presence of Christ in us in today's text. So you can follow along um, in the uh, bulletin uh, or in your Bible. Verse 12, first Christ lifts the veil. Paul writes, Christ lifts the veil. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. So Paul is, going, is making a point here. He's saying the veil is lifted. Christ has lifted that veil. Verse 15, yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Paul seems to be suggesting that Jesus is the key to unlocking the, old, the truth of the Old Testament. You cannot read Moses and the prophets without Jesus. I think the story from Luke 24 illustrates this so well. You know, this is right after, a couple days after the crucifixion. And there were two uh, followers of Jesus. They were walking, they were on their way, uh, on their way to Emmaus. I, I'm, I just picture them, you know, with their heads down, very sad, shoulders slumped perhaps. And they're just talking when a stranger joins them. Now, of course, that stranger who joins them, and they didn't recognize him as Jesus. And they explained to him that the one that they thought was the Messiah, the Christ, was crucified. But then Jesus, who is this, they didn't recognize him, opened their minds to help them understand Moses and the prophets. He, he was shining a light upon their hearts through God's word, helping them make the connection that the Christ had to suffer and die as a sacrifice for many. And as they reported, their hearts burned within them. The veil was lifted. And when they were breaking the bread, they recognized Jesus. And then he leaves them. But as a result, what happens to them? They are changed people. Hope is restored and they go back to the 11 disciples in Jerusalem and they report, the Lord is risen. The veil has been lifted, hope renewed. We are very bold. The sense of that word, looking it up in the Greek, full openness of speech, bold. That is speaking with full openness, withholding nothing, without reservation of any kind. So our world would really like us to be quiet about our faith. Um, this is this, uh, the face of Jesus, his words and, and deeds um, for him. 
it's not really well received. And you, I don't know if you remember, if you watched or heard about the controversy last year in the Super Bowl, and they had a, a couple of commercials about Jesus. And whatever you think about those commercials about Jesus, it really uh, stirred up this controversy. Okay, because Jesus is not really well received. Jesus is bright and pure and good, and the world is not. The world does not have the capacity without Christ's help even to look at him. He is shining forth in your face, and they might not like it. Our faces have become the faces of Christ. Our words, his words, our deeds, his deeds, we, so we are bold, very bold. Second point, Christ, so the first point is Christ lifts the veil. The second point is Christ unlocks the truth, for he is the truth. And so we make an open statement of truth. That's our job. We proclaim Jesus unvarnished. Now, you're going to be tempted because the world's vision, um, they, they don't like, it, they're not, they don't like the, the news of Jesus. Um, uh, they don't even would like to look at him, be reminded of him. And you're going to be Christian believers are going to be tempted to solve the world's vision problem, you know, perhaps by compromising the truth. But resist that temptation. Paul does. He says in verse 1, chapter 4, 2 Corinthians, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Paul will not distort the truth. He will not use cunning. He will not use any gimmicks, underhanded ways, or do anything which makes this Jesus less glorious, less true. He commends Jesus, not himself, to, the, to this world, regardless of their reaction to, to him, to Jesus. You know, this opposition to us in our message remains. It was there in Paul's day, too, and sometimes it was deadly, and Paul was martyred. But we will not practice cunning, nor will we tamper with God's word to make it more palatable, to go down easier, uh, we do not need to. Jesus raises the veil if it is to be raised. And so we just give an open statement of the truth about Jesus. You know, he's calling us to faithfulness and lifts the burden of the results from our shoulders. So our faces have become the faces of Christ, our words, his words, our deeds, his deeds. So we're bold, very bold. Third point, Christ who lifts the veil, Christ who unlocks the truth, who is the truth. This Christ shines into hearts. He causes his light to shine into the darkness out of our hearts. But most importantly, and this is not our doing, 
Christ lifts the veil, which obscures the vision of the world. I do not, you do not. Christ has taken up his place in you and me. Galatians 2, verse 20, remember. He lives in your life today. And that means you shine with his light. And I'm confident, you're confident, not in your own ability, but in his ability. Verse 5. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of, of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know, you and I can feel so inadequate to this task, though. We just want to practice our faith quietly and hope the world just leaves us alone. But, and you know, and, and, and let me just walk my Christian walk and my, walk my Christian way, but do not ask me to be bold. <laughs> but God has put Jesus within you. He's put Jesus within us. And actually, if you think about it, we are greater than Moses who had to wear a veil. And now Christ causes his light to shine out into the darkness, out of our hearts. So our faces have become the faces of Christ. Our words, his words, our deeds, his deeds. So we are bold. We are very bold. You, you could ask the question, then after we have reviewed those uh, three points about Christ's presence within us, making us bold, you could still ask the question today, Jesus is transfigured, so what? Well, the so what is that he has taken on a new shape, not some you know, glowing carpenter in the first century, but you. He has transfigured, changed shape, himself to be found in your face, in your words, your deeds, and your life. Here is a truism. People in the presence of God are transfigured or changed. Moses' encounter with God changed his appearance. Interesting, like Jesus, he glowed, at least his face did. And Paul is still talking about it. <laughs> Centuries later in our readings from 2 Corinthians, when Jesus is revealed on the mountain, even his clothes shine. You know, what is the message for us today? Are we also transfigured by the presence of Christ? Does our face somehow shine or glow? A missionary, an LCMS missionary, Herb Hafer, used to say that he, he could pick out a Christian in India. The Christian had hope, and it showed up in the way he carried himself the way he approached life. Or to think of it another way, there is a country western group with a song that asks, does it say Christian on my face? Jesus does not just shine out on that night so long ago when Peter, James, and John could not bear to look at him. He has risen from the dead, glorious and shining to live in us right now. And that means we are bold and bright with light, his light. The world wants us to shut up and be done with it already, but we cannot. 
Jesus is in us. We must shine with his love, his light, his peace, his joy, his forgiveness, and his grace. And just as light cannot be dark, being filled with him who is the light, we cannot be dark and hide these things. Christ lifts the veil. Christ unlocks the truth. He is truth. We just give open statements of this truth. And then Christ shines into human hearts. So our faces have become the faces of Christ as a result. Our words, his words, our deeds, his deeds. So we are bold, very bold. Be who you are. The light-filled people of Christ's resurrection. Dimming the lights. Pulling the shades. Or some other means of keeping quiet about that is, it's just not an option for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.